Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the show, History Soccer, here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Great to be with you today as we will look forward to some of the Premier League matches that we're going to have over the weekend. We're not going to do the complete, like, in-depth match analysis for each individual game. We're going to leave that one probably for the Friday show. But let's take a look forward and see what we have to uh, go with as we get ready for another weekend of the uh, greatest show on earth. And, of course, uh, some teams are playing a very compressed schedule. Uh, Liverpool, for example, they played uh, today against West Ham. Uh, They play over the weekend, I believe, Southampton, and then they play uh, next week in the FA Cup replay, even though it's going to be the under-23s. But let's look at the transfer market as well, as a lot of teams are making a lot of moves. I want to talk about this shameful situation uh, with the Manchester United supporters as a bunch of balaclava-wearing supporters tried to storm the home of Man United Executive Director Ed Woodward, throwing flares, threatening his family. Uh, luckily, they were not home. This is a shocking and shameful display. I know Manchester United supporters are upset, but then the news breaks almost 24 hours later. Bruno Fernandes, deal done, 86 million pounds on his way to United. So look, so much to talk about. Let's talk about Tottenham making moves. Let's talk about who's in, who's out. Let's take a look at the transfer market as we only have a few days left. Look, I'm here with you each and every weeknight from 6 p.m. Pacific time. That's 9 p.m. East Coast time. Uh, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211. Also, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. Such a pleasure to be with you every day as I am talking uh, the world's most beautiful game. And it is indeed that. Plus, Champions League getting ready to start up again. Uh, We have a winter break coming into effect uh, over February for uh, many of our teams in the Premier League. And I'm going to explain once again how that's being accomplished. So a lot to get to today. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can also find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Sports Talk. And look, uh, on the last show, I teased that I had a sort of an announcement to make. And it's kind of an under-the-radar thing. So I'm going to go ahead and make the announcement a little later today. Uh, don't expect these changes that I'm talking about to be immediate, but they are definitely going to happen. So uh, stay tuned. All this great info right here on Fistry Soccer. Nick Gieber. I'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back. Fistry Soccer, Nick Gieber with you. Uh, transfer market starting to move along nicely. You know, generally the January windows uh, see overpriced players moving to clubs that are sort of in desperate situations. And, uh, you know, I can really not think of too many massive January signings. Luis Suarez at Liverpool comes to mind as a, as a really, really big signing. Um, there's a few others out there. I have to put my mind to it. But uh, there are definitely a few others out there that are big and successful January signings. But because we we have so many big clubs in trouble, 
the number of meaningful signings has really increased this January window. And, and you know, I was talking before the break about the situation at uh, Manchester United, where uh, United supporters are uh, very upset, obviously, about the current state of the club. I think in general, uh, and, and again, I'm not a United supporter, so I'm not... Uh, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily speaking from my own personal feelings, but I think in general, United supporters have decided uh, that the source of the problem at Man United isn't a squad that's not good enough, because that's true, isn't a manager that is experienced enough, that's true as well. But the problem is a systemic problem with ownership, with the way the clubs run, with the fact that commercial operations uh, supersede footballing operations and so on and so forth. And so uh, the anger of the fans is now being uh, vented on uh, the people who they, quite rightly, I might add, have come to the conclusion are responsible for uh, the problems with the club. Now, along those lines, uh, what they did the other day, which is storming the home of Ed Woodward, with balaclavas, with flares yelling threats. I mean, this guy has a wife and two small kids, okay? I mean, luckily, and I say luckily, they were not at home. But if they were at home, is that really fair? I mean, this is football, and I know it's passion and it's love and it's devotion and it's familial and it's tribal, and for many of these supporters, it's generation after generation after generation of United supporters, and they feel like, uh, you know, they're watching a member of the family struggle and 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 people aren't willing to help. I mean, I get all that, but storming, taking it from that realm to the realm of intimidation, physical violence, is just dead wrong. And United quite rightly have said, if and when they can establish who those people are, they will be banned from the club that they no doubt love for life. And that is a big punishment, and one would think and hope that uh, we won't see this again. But, you know, to look, the fact that United were relatively quiet in the transfer market has now changed because the announcement came today that they had completed the signing of uh, Bruno Fernandes, who's an attacking midfielder, nice age, around 25, from Sporting Lisbon. Great player, by the way. And they're signing for 55 million euros with some add-ons. And I believe it comes up to about 85 million when it's all said and done. Now, you can't tell me that the club is not willing to spend the money that it needs to to improve the squad. I think the problem that United have had is that they're not that exciting of a target anymore when sir alex ferguson was the manager you had a legendary manager there you had a club that was winning the premier league year after year you had the club that was going deep into the champions league year after year trophies were coming big money was there and it was a very lucrative place to want to go it was a very attractive destination for players, and and I think now you're finding that you know since Alex Ferguson left, the club's obviously been you know through a succession of managers: Louis Van Gaal, David Moyes, 
Jose Mourinho. Uh, right now we have uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, and, you know, prospect of Champions League football doesn't look good for them right now. And so I think if you look at all of that, it's tougher to get players than you might think, particularly when there are other teams that are well-funded, that have nice stadiums, that have good managers, etc., 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 that are pulling on these players as well. So it's no longer that United stands far and above everybody else and is the place to go. So you're seeing some of that, and that's difficult for fans to accept that. But nevertheless, uh, they do uh, pick up Bruno Fernandes, so that's a great acquisition. Spurs send Kyle Walker from uh, to Southampton on loan. Uh, West Ham bring in a defensive midfielder from uh, Slava, Slavia Prague by the name of Thomas Suchek on loan. A lot of loans getting done here. Arsenal bring in what they need desperately, a centre-back. Now, they need some. They need a midfield as well, but a good centre-back would start. They bring in Pablo Mari uh, from Flamengo on loan. And I believe that's a loan with an option to buy as well. Uh, these are just the transfers coming in today. Obviously, as we get close to the end of the window, things are getting very uh, busy. Wolves uh, bring in Enzo... Lodici from Dijon in Ligue 1. He's a central midfielder on loan. And the big signing, other than the Bergwin, uh, pardon me, other than the uh, Bruno Fernandes signing today, uh, was Tottenham finally doing some business, bringing in a winger, Steven Bergwin from PSV Eindhoven. A very young player, very good player uh, for 30 million euros. <coughs> Excuse me. Some good business there. Christian Eriksen finally departing Spurs. Again, here you go. Spurs selling. They sell Eriksen. They sell him to Inter, Inter Milan. They get uh, 20 million euros for him. Again, his contract was going to expire. I mean, that's fine. They spend 30, so then net negative 10 there. But they pick up Bergwin. They lose Eriksen. That's fine. Uh, you know, I think Eriksen had lost, kind of lost the plot anyway. Um, let's see what else we got here. Anything else massive happening? Uh, we've got... Uh, Watford uh, selling uh, Ziegler. I'm not sure that that's uh, much of anything. We've got um, Brighton picking up uh, Aaron, Mui, Aaron Moy from Huddersfield. Um, and I think right now, the second, that's about it in terms of the transfers. But, you know, for the January window, um, Bergwin and Bruno Fernandes, uh, these, are, these are big, you know, these big signings. And, of course, uh, Minamino came in the oh, beginning of the window for Liverpool. Uh, let's not forget uh, Samata coming in for Villa from Genk for $10 million. Bentaleb coming on loan uh, to Newcastle from the Bundesliga from Schalke is another move uh, that was made. Uh, West Ham pick up uh, Darren Randolph from Middlesbrough for $4.7 million. And Watford pick up uh, Pusetto, a right winger from uh, Udinese Calcio in the Serie A, an Argentinian player. Uh, Watford pick him up. He's a right winger for a total of £8 million. Uh, Norwich pick up Lucas Rupp from uh, Hoffenheim. He's a central midfielder for 500000 
uh, you know, we just what you see in this window is just, you know, it's more than anything. It's 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 teams are adding a little bit here, a little bit there, but then we have these two big, well, three big, uh, three big signings. If you go to Minamino with Liverpool, and you're looking at Bruno Fernandez, and um, you're looking at uh, uh, Bergwin at Spurs. So there you have it. We may see some more transfers. And let's not forget uh, Cavalero also going from Fulham to Wolves. Um, but that was an end-of-loan situation. All right. I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back with more. Fifth Street Soccer, Sports Byline USA Network, and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, Fifth Street Soccer, here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you live on Sirius XM 211, Nam Patrick Sports. By the way, we also stream on iHeartRadio Live, we're on TuneIn Live, uh, we're also live on the award-winning Sirius XM app, and uh, uh, as always, you can find the show up on our podcast network immediately following the show, that is the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V. Uh, the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, you can find us there right after the show. So you certainly want to do that. Uh, go ahead and subscribe, and that way, every time we put up a new show, you'll get notification of it, and you can uh, download it and you know listen to it while you're driving or working out at your convenience. If you'd like to send me a note, a comment, a thought, uh, you can send me a tweet. I'm at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Oh, by the way, let, uh, let's get to it, because I, I'd mentioned, and I don't want to keep forgetting this, because this is what happens on these shows. I, I start getting into games and matches and thoughts, you know, lines of thoughts and comments and all the rest of it, and before you know it, I've completely forgotten to tell you what I wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show. It's called, I don't know, poor rundown discipline, or whatever you want to call it. My producers get very angry at me, but oh well, they'll get over it. Um, this show has been called Fifth Street Soccer for some time. For at least the last year, uh, and uh, that was part of a series of shows that was going to be done by the network. Then the network is still doing a series of shows, a network of which I'm an integral part of. I might add. I'm, we're not talking about Sports Byline or or Sirius XM, um, <clears throat> but uh, we have made a decision uh, to rebrand this show, or shall we say, uh, go back to what this show used to be called. Uh, which was World Soccer Radio, and we've been World Soccer Radio for a number of years. And part of that was that um, I felt that it better aligned with what the content of the show was. Or is. Not was. We're going anywhere, but is. Uh, So, uh, starting sometime in the next few weeks, because obviously there's logistics that's got to go with it. Uh, uh, Sirius XM have to change the uh, display, and all the podcast names have to change, and all the logos have to change, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, with a show, we'll be going back to the original name. And, and of course, this goes all the way back to when I first started some, uh, what, 2002. So, um, you know, we're now looking at, what, 19, 18 years now. Uh, with World Soccer Daily and uh, what originally started as World Soccer Weekly and then became World Soccer Daily and then 
but now it's World Soccer Radio. We'll be back to World Soccer Radio. So somewhat long-winded explanation, and I thank you for listening and caring. And at least somebody cares, and that's great. So thank you. Um, I'm not sure what this means. I think your podcast subscriptions and all that other good stuff will just transition over automatically with the new name. But I will speak to our fine and splendid technical folks, and I will get back to you um, once I know how that's going to work. So <coughs> while I cough up a storm here, uh, let's get to it. So one of the things uh, we do on this show every now and then, now, you know, Fridays are always our sort of Premier League preview day. And we really get into detail and every game uh, just from really a fan's perspective and a pundit's perspective. And uh, if you know anything about me and obviously what I've done over the years, I always look at things from a fan's perspective. Um, there's lots of pundits that are going to talk to you about 442, you know, 42, whatever the whatever it is. Who's uh, true number nine? Who's the best keeper? Talk to you about the technical aspects of the game. Is it going to be 4-3-2-1? What's it going to be? You know, for me, I mean, that's interesting. Uh, you know, but the beauty of the game is the flow of the game. The beauty of the game is literally that. It's watching a game that doesn't stop. This isn't American football where the ball only moves for 16 seconds, or probably not 16, by three and a half minutes or four minutes for the entire game. This isn't uh, basketball, which is a wonderful game, by the way. I love basketball, don't get me wrong. But it's not basketball. Well, yeah, there's great flow and back and forth. But essentially, the game is stopping for extended periods every minute or two. And, and, and to a degree, hockey is the same way. You know, this game, short of when the whistle blows for a free kick or a VAR decision or what have you, generally is nonstop the entire time, and that's the beauty and the flow of the game. And that's what we as fans love. And then we become emotionally attached to our sides. Whether it started like me as a child, uh, because that's where I lived. I lived in, in England, and obviously uh, cricket and football and rugby. I was a big uh, football fan and a big cricket fan. I wasn't so much of a big rugby fan, although I do enjoy rugby. I did actually play it very briefly. Then I decided I didn't want my ears getting torn off. <laughs> if, you know, if you know what that means. Um, but yeah, I mean, the talk is from the fans' perspective. How do I always like to try to put myself in the shoes of the fan of the team that maybe I'm not the fan of. So, for example, that's one of the reasons I talk about United the way I do. I'm a Liverpool supporter. I cannot stand Manchester United. I am enjoying, with an ounce of schadenfreude, every ounce of issues and problems and, and hardship and, and, and difficulty that they've had since Alex Ferguson left. However, I am able to put myself in the position of a United supporter and look and understand how upset they are. Because as a Liverpool supporter, we have gone through this same phase. Gone through the glory years when we're Division I champions, first division champions every year, every year competing, every year. And then the Premier League era, and Liverpool were a nothing in the Premier League era. And we, we had a few years we've come close. And yes, we've been largely top four finishers you know, pretty much year in and year out. It's been the European theater that's really seen uh, the success uh, for Liverpool over the years. 
And now, of course, this year, Liverpool are going to win the league for the first time in 30 years. And, and, and that is a, a wonderful thing and will herald, I think, a new generation of uh, Liverpool success at the top of the table. I'm not saying they're going to repeat or do a double like uh, City did you know, year over year. I'm not going to suggest they're going to win it next year, although I don't see why they wouldn't compete. So I understand what it feels like. When we had um, Penn and Gillette, or Hicks and Gillette, owning Liverpool, and we were within, you know, a few minutes of bankruptcy. Chelsea fans feel the same way with Ken Bates. Run that bloody team into the ground. I like to put myself in the in the shoes of the fan because I think that's the most interesting sports discussion we can have. I'll leave it up to the uh, folks on uh, Sirius XM FC to give you the four-two-three-one and who's the best outside back, and you can listen to former MLS players talk about their glory days within, you know, big fish in a little pond or whatever you want to talk about it. But that's not me. I, I couldn't really give a ratty. I mean, it's some interesting things like Raul Jimenez being one of the few, you know, true number nines in the league and some other things that are interesting to talk about. But I don't want to do a whole show on that. And I don't know how I've got sidetracked on this, but OK, fine. I'll go, we'll just continue going with this. I think the best talk is the talk that comes from passion. The best talk is the talk that comes from the heart, because let's face it, sport in general is pure emotion. Otherwise, who'd give a who'd who'd give a you know a rodent's behind about twenty-two sweaty men running up and down a field if this is the game you like, or whether it's twenty-two sweaty women? Well, maybe that's more interesting. I, it just depends if you're a misogynistic pig like me. But there you go. Sports are emotion, they're passion, they're they're, they're illogical. It's illogical to, to, to be this heavily vested in. It's illogical to be so heavily vested in your team that you're going to go storm your sporting director's house or your commercial director, because that's what Ed Woodward is, his house with, with flares and balaclavas and, and threaten. And, but that's passion. That's emotion. That's what the root of the game is. Now, you can certainly step over the line. That is clearly stepping over the line. And by the way, I'm not even including these awful racist stuff that makes me want to throw up, okay? That's something totally separate. That's not passion. That's, that's Neanderthalic idiocy. So, yeah, so that's, that's the talk. Not so much the fan talk. Oh, yeah, you know, we're all going to go to the square. We're going to drink and get drunk and go on a march to the stadium. That's, you know, that's okay. That's one level of fan talk, but fan talk. And we're going to look at some matchups. I want to choose three games for the weekend I want to take a look at, by the way, from a betting perspective. I guess, I guess this is a segue, <laughs> right? <laughs> Only because as I was taking a look at uh, um, uh, VegasInsider.com, I uh, saw, and I was on my bookie as well, uh, I saw um, some interesting odds. Uh, one of them was this very interesting Leicester City-Chelsea match, which is coming up. And I think we need to give this a little bit of uh, a little bit of talk. We're not going to do it this segment. We'll do it the next segment, uh, along with a couple of others as, as I sort of scan these. So you'll, I'll apologize to you in advance that these are not sort of heavily prepped. But my God, look at this. At the King Power, Leicester City have plus money right now, plus 159 for Leicester to be Chelsea at the King Power. And yeah. It's been a little rocky for Leicester, but okay, let's talk about it uh, when I get back. 
Uh, we do have to go to break here. So, look, find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Fifth Street Sports Talk. Now, that is going to change. You're going to be able to find me on Facebook at facebook.com. And I think it's uh, World Soccer Radio. I'll have to figure out what all that is. But we're going to get there. We've got all sorts of fun things to happen. Um, the Twitter handle will probably just stay what it is, but I'm not sure. Uh, but I'll just tell you. I mean, I'm excited to go with the name change. But yeah, that's a match at uh, Leicester, Bournemouth Villa. I mean, that's a beauty of a relegation six-pointer. And there's some other really interesting matches to talk about here. Can't wait to do it. We come back after the break. Fist Street Soccer, Nick Eber with you. Don't go anywhere. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. I guess it is. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome back. Nick Gieber, Fistry Soccer with you. Uh, look, let's get to some games uh, because I, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's really fun. Uh, because I want to look at the games with a little bit of a different perspective. And, and I sort of do this with um, – uh, I, I sort of do this every, every Wednesday or Thursday. And um, – generally try to pick a couple of games to talk about. And so if we're going to do that. I do want to tell you, though, uh, that this segment is brought to you by MyBookie. And if you enjoy football and have a heartbeat, then you know what's coming. It's right. It's the Super Bowl. And if you want to make a bet on it, well, head over to MyBookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. Whether you're choosing the winner or making a side bet with a friend, MyBookie offers you the most up-to-date odds and a site that makes extra cash easy and fast. You can even visit mybookie.ag forward slash party to access a printable prop sheet for the big game. And look, if American football's not your jam, no worries. MyBookie's got it all from the NBA to the Premier League, the NHL and boxing and all that stuff. But I actually like the Premier League stuff they have on MyBookie. It's a lot of fun. And if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. So all you have to do is to use our promo code BLV. That's BLV. By the way, that's where our podcast did, is at the Believe Podcast Network. All you have to do is enter promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Play, win, get paid. So let's do it, shall we? Let's get right to this game. I love this game. Look at the odds on this one. Leicester City. Chelsea, now look. I mean, Leicester City have been in a rough patch. There's there's no doubt uh, that Leicester City have been in a rough patch. I mean, from, what was it, mid-December, they were flying high. They'd come off a 4-1 away win at Villa Park. They were, what, uh, second in the table? I mean, honestly, they've been second in the table for, for most of the last couple of months, two, three months. And then they had this really bizarre game. They had a 1-1 draw against Norwich. And and I wonder if that was the pressure of the two matches that they had to look forward to ahead of that, which was going away to City, Man City, and hosting Liverpool at the King Power. I, I wonder if there was some nerves there with that, you know, looking forward to it. It's kind of like when you have two horrible matches like that back to back, you're suddenly thinking, 
you know, we got to win. We got to win. Of course, you're playing Norwich, who at the time were just a dead bottom of the table. Uh, I don't think they're dead bottom. They're not, yeah, they're still dead bottom of the table. But uh, back then, they were dead bottom of the table still. And I think what happened is there was some nerves. And, of course, they so they drew that game at the King Power 1-1. And then they lost 3-1 away at the Etihad. Then they lost 4-0 at home to Liverpool. But then they had a couple of wins on the bounce. Uh, West Ham United away at the London Stadium. Uh, and they beat Newcastle 3-0 at St. James's Park away. But then they come home. They lose to Southampton at home. They go away to uh, Burnley. And they lose away at Burnley. And then they right the ship with a big home win over West Ham. So, uh, in other words, from uh, middle of December, where they were you know, flying high, in the last, what, seven games, they are uh, three wins and two losses. Three wins and four losses. Pardon me, my math, a little bit off there. So, Leicester City, you know, having a little bit of trouble. Look, they have had some injuries, but also it's a long season. It's not a particularly deep squad. It's not a particularly old squad. They're young and uh, speaking of young, kind of any uh, all over the place squads, I can't think of a more uh, definitive squad right now than the team that is going to be visiting them at the King Power, and that's Chelsea. You know, this team is hot and cold and hot and cold. The fact of the matter is, they haven't won in the last two games. They lost away at St James's Park. They drew Ch- uh, Arsenal two-two at home at Stamford Bridge last outing. I mean, this is a team that has two wins, a loss, and two draws in their last five versus Leicester City, who have three wins and two losses. But again, those losses to Southampton and Burnley, go figure. I mean, that makes makes almost no sense. So this is pretty much anybody's game. But I'm going to say this. I think for me, Leicester City at home versus Chelsea away, I'm going to have to take Leicester City to win this game at home. I think they're going to win this game all day long. Uh, it's going to be 2-1 is what I would predict. And if you look right now uh, where the best money is, you can actually get Leicester City on the money line a uh, plus 162. The money line consensus is Leicester City at plus 145, Chelsea at plus 165. It's very, very close. But actually, you can get Chelsea money line at plus 174. But um, plus 162 for Leicester City, I would take that. Now, the total consensus is three goals. I think this is going to be 2-1. Both teams will score. So I would take Leicester City on this one at plus 162. Let's take a look at some other interesting matches. Bournemouth-Villa. Bournemouth, there's plus money on both sides of this, so that's always really nice to look at. Uh, Bournemouth, of course, um, you know, Eddie Howe has had a horrible run. And and this is one of the dangers of a club like this, where they they have had an awful run. They went unbeaten in six games. Pardon me. (laughs) No wins in six games. They had five losses and one draw. But if you go back to 12 games, 13 games, they only have two wins and one draw and the rest 10 losses. Team's been horrible. In fact, uh, on the show not too long ago, I was saying that I thought uh, uh, Eddie Howe would be uh, finding his way out the door. But they are at home. 
And at home, they're not very good either. I'm not a big fan of this Bournemouth team. I'll be complete, completely frank with you. Uh, I, you know, I had them losing uh, the game against Brighton at home. They ended up winning the game against Brighton at home. But I'm not sure if that... Brighton's been in some pretty bad form of late as well. Uh, they've only won one in their last five. And they've had losses to uh, uh, Villa, Everton, you know, Chelsea. Uh, and they did beat Bournemouth on the, uh, when they hosted them on the return leg. So, you know, a bit of a grudge match. I'm not sure that one really counts. I still think this Bournemouth team sucks. At home this season, there are three wins, four draws, and five losses. And Aston Villa away, two wins, two draws, and eight losses. Aston Villa's away form isn't great. They're not drawing a lot of games. But at home, Bournemouth, Bournemouth basically won only one more game than Villa have won on the road. So I, I think you kind of have to throw away the home advantage here at the Vitality for Bournemouth. And um, I'm going to take the draw on this one. How about that? I was actually thinking Villa were going to win this. But if you look at Villa, they've been in, their form's not been that horrible, actually. In the last five, they have uh, two wins, two losses, and a draw. They haven't lost in their last uh, th uh, two games. They had that 1-1 against Brighton, and then they beat Watford, which was a surprise to me at Villa Park. And they've been scoring goals. They scored, what, three goals in the last two? I mean, they did lose 6-1 to City. Okay, for the park, but that's losing to City. I, I think I like a draw on this one. Uh, what I might do, though, is take a pick em. Aston Villa, uh, let's have a look. What is the draw playing? It's plus 268. I think I'll probably take the draw on this one. So Aston Villa, Bournemouth, I'm going to take the draw. There you have it. Okay. See, we're kind of doing this together, right? <laughs> Think of it as uh, uh, we're working through our bankroll together uh, for betting on the football this weekend. And, of course, I'm not talking about the Super Bowl because we know that's going on. I'm talking about the Premier League football. Let's have a look. Watford-Everton. Oh, that's kind of an interesting match. Man United-Wolves. That is a fascinating match. Wolverhampton Wanderers, I like this team an enormous amount. I don't like Man United so much. I mean, Man United have, uh, what, uh, losses to Burnley, losses to Liverpool. Forget the 6-0 win over Tranmere. Uh, they did beat Wolves 1-0. Uh, I think that was at Molyneux, right? Yep, that was at Molyneux. Nope, that wasn't. That was the FA Cup. That was uh, that was FA Cup at Old Trafford. Wolverhampton Wanderers, on the other hand, yeah, it's been tough. They lost had a really tight loss to Liverpool, if you remember, in the league. Uh, then they had an away win against Southampton in the league. They lost uh, to United 1-0 in the FA Cup, obviously. Then the Premier League was a draw with Newcastle. And a couple, a couple of draws, a couple of losses um, to Watford, to Liverpool, 
but then they beat City 3-2. Look, I like Wolves. There's something about this team, the way they play, a fast-paced, aggressive play. They're very difficult. They've got guys like Adama Traore and uh, Raul Jimenez. Um, I think they're going to give Man United and their defense a torrid, torrid time. And I don't think uh, Bruno Fernandes will be playing yet. I don't think he'll be integrated yet. I like Wolverhampton Wanderers for this game. I will take them to win this game, and we're sort of running out of time here. That's why I'm, I'm moving along here as I kind of look at the odds. Uh, so to win Wolves right now, you can get some really nice plus money, a plus 235 for Wolves. I said I will never bet Man United again. I'm going to go against it just because I like Wolves so much. 235 plus money, Wolverhampton Wanderers. On the money line, you definitely want to take that. I think this is going to go over. I'm going to say this is going to be a 2-1 game. The consensus is two and a half goals, so 2-1 game means you'd want to take the over, and right now you can get uh, the best over right now is playing plus 120. But you might want to look for a draw for this game, in which case you probably want to go to do the pick'em, and I don't have the odds on the pick'em, so... Take that for what it's worth. All right, so there you have. So Wolverhampton Wanderers, win or draw? Uh, Leicester Chelsea, I'm going to say Leicester City at home. And Aston Villa Burnley, I'm going to say that's a draw. So that's going to be the three games you might want to bet on. Check to see any injuries during sort of midweek. We are midweek, obviously, but as we get closer to see if anybody's injured or not going to make it. So there you have it. Let's take a look and see what other games are coming up just uh, to tickle the fancy. Of course, a huge uh, big six, let's just say, uh, game between at uh, at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where Man City will go play Tottenham. That's a massive game, of course. And we've got Leicester City-Chelsea. We spoke about that. Uh, United-Wolves is a big game. And Liverpool will play Southampton at Anfield. I don't predict they're going to lose that game. But Southampton are in a little bit of decent form. They've, since the uh, middle of December, they have only lost one game since December, so middle of December. So think about that. All right, uh, I'm going to have to step aside, take a break, gather my thoughts, come back to wrap it up, Fist Street Soccer. Hope you'll join me every weeknight, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211, Nan Patrick Sports. I'll be right back. Soccer, Nick Eber with you. Had a fun show. Kind of a bit all over the place, but if you listen to this show regularly, I think you'll get the idea that that's sort of the format. It's more of a uh, uh, stream of consciousness type show. I do prepare, obviously, for it, but I get sidetracked easily. Particularly when things get under my craw. But I hope you also appreciated the uh, little betting tips we give you on the show. Again, I want to thank mybookie.ag for that. But, you know, there's the three matches. Leicester, Chelsea, Aston Villa, Bournemouth. And finally was uh, Man United Wolves at Old Trafford. 
if you're going to not bet any one of those, pass on the Man United game only because I swore up and down I'd never give out any more betting tips for United. So I want to be a man of my word. But I just couldn't resist that one. Uh, all right. Uh, just a few programming notes. I'm with you every weeknight, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific uh, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also on Sirius XM 211. By the way, I didn't welcome in the men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. My bad. I apologize. Great to have you guys with me. And, of course, you can find us on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning SiriusXM app. And immediately following the conclusion of this show, within a couple of minutes, the podcast is available on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V on the Believe Podcast Network, where you can find this episode and all the other episodes. We, we put them up every day. And a lot of the times it's, it's very time-sensitive, but sometimes we do sort of shows that have you know, more more long-term interest. We've done a lot of legal shows, shows on, you know, some of the lawsuits and FIFA and uh, talk to supporters groups and interviews. So you can always find those shows up there as well. All right, that's going to uh, wrap it for me. I do want to remind you to tune in tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. In the meantime, find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. I would love to hear from you. Let's continue the discussion. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Have a great night. Drop a truck midway to the motorway station. Fairly who's coming up on the left hand side. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.